Today, the Betcha Sub podcast is sponsored by European Wax Center's Axe, the Pink Tax Campaign. The Pink Tax is an extra amount of money women are charged every year for basic goods and services. Boo! Just for being a woman. Yeah, that is for real. Ugh. European Wax Center is known for empowering confident women, and now they're giving back women the tools to claim their worth and take back what's theirs. I love it. I mean, I hate it, but I love that like we're fixing it. Now you know. See for yourself at axthepinktax.com. Hello and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell-Smith. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Betches Sup Podcast is your weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that's happened in the news. Explained by your two funniest friends. Which is us. Today we're talking about... Hassan Minaj. Uh, Rep. Andy McKean. Joe Biden officially announcing he's running. Let's get into it. Betches Media presents. I like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. Do you like beer, Senator, or not? Uh, my party is going bat crazy. <laughs> You're the pop- Alternative facts. Oh, goodness. The Betches Sup Podcast. America! So, Elise. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. Good, good, good. I'm really feeling the spring energy lately. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is the first week where I felt like I've walked outside and not felt the need to have multiple layers on yes i also i feel like i always don't realize how like how much seasonal depression i have until the weather changes and suddenly i'm like i'm hopeful Uh like i believe in (laughs) i believe in love again like what the hell it's like i feel like i have an extra pip pep in my step yes um a hundred percent when i hit that sun Mm-hmm. On the street Yes You know And then just walking Through the sun It's so nice So I have been getting My seasonal I, I traded my seasonal depression For seasonal allergies yes. And that is mm-hmm. That is every Person's struggle Yeah I also <laughs> feel like I'm excited to wear Shorts again I also Because I feel like There's an expiration date For grown adult men To wear shorts And I have yet To reach that mm-hmm. point But but I, you need to get and your, I need I need to take advantage Of it while I still can Get your wearing in Of shorts Yeah, yeah I've been excited To wear shorts again But wow My legs are we're just blinding, <laughs> blinding. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um. So, quick housekeeping. Yes. We have an interview coming out this weekend with Angelina Lombardo. She is a former sex worker. She released mm-hmm. a book. She's really cool, really smart, great story. It was very enthralling yeah. conversation. This is one of the interviews where I was like legitimately jealous because I came in after you guys and both of you were like oh my god that interview was amazing and well, our producer was like that was really good yeah. well because like we were we were, had all these like it's always great when you go into something with an expectation and mm-hmm. then it like veers off but in a good way like yeah. the way we, we were gonna like we had all these like prepared talking points mm-hmm. and then she sort of it just de- it just went somewhere different yeah and it, was it went great. somewhere way more interesting yeah. and different than you would ever have thought yeah also mm-hmm. uh my other podcast, Everyone's Gay. Fabulous. Co-hosted by the wonderful Chris Burns. Fat Carrie, a.k.a. Fat Carrie Bradshaw. Mm-hmm. We just launched a t-shirt. <gasps> and it's the Everyone's Gay t-shirt. It's really cool. It's really sleek. It's Love beautiful. It. It's casual. It's like a gay shirt, obviously, but it's just a plain white tee with uh, Everyone's Gay on the pocket in red. I love just like a little pocket accent. Mm-hmm. I'm actually wearing a shirt like that. Right now. right now. And so <laughs> say you want to go to Pride and you want to show your support, but you don't want to be like all out there in people's fucking faces. You just pop on an everyone's gay tea. Yeah. You can get it at betches.co slash everyone's gay tea. It's T-E-E. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be wearing that because I like to do like glitter on my face mm-hmm. or like some makeup and then a subtle outfit. Yeah. Subtle on the outfit. Mm-hmm. Ha- a lot of focus on the face. I yeah. like that. I might like crop it a little. I don't yeah. know. We'll figure it there, out. There are a lot of options. It depends on what my stomach looks by then. <laughs> Uh, okay okay Elise what's getting you through this week in Trump's America okay this is something I've been waiting for someone to do for a very long Mm -hmm. time and it finally happened a I know you know it's a semi-prominent Republican did Mm -hmm. I know about him before now no (laughs) okay but he's you know, every every everybody counts. So uh, state rep Andy McKean, who is the longest serving Republican lawmaker in the state of Iowa, uh, Iowa caucus. Mm-hmm. Heard of it? <laughs> 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 Seems like a fairly important yeah. state. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is odd. He announced this week that he is no longer a Republican. He is wow. leaving. It's not even that he came out and was like, I don't support 
Donald Trump. Like he wasn't like a Jeff Flake. He is like, I am a Democrat now Mm -hmm. because of President Trump. He's Mm -hmm. the first Republican to like leave the party definitely since the Mueller report. And maybe I'm trying to think of anyone who's like been like, I'm leaving Mm -hmm. the Republican Party, not just being like, I'm the one who doesn't like Trump, but I'm still a Republican. I know that there's like the Republicans on MSNBC who have. Yeah. I know, like, there are, Joe there are, Scarborough. And I think um, one of the other contributors, I forget. Yeah. There are never Trumpers in the Republican Party, but I feel like maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like this is the first like actual lawmaker of yeah. the Republican Party with any like name recognition behind them being like, yeah, I got it. I know. Well, because now it's like, Trump has pushed the party to a place that a lot of these Republicans, when they first entered the party, when they first entered politics, it is not the same party. Yeah. You know, and you have like Lindsey Graham, quote unquote, evolving, but like not for the better. No. (laughs) And uh, I I think it's a, I think that's a devolve. A devolve. I I don't know what you would call that. I would call that it. I feel like if we're looking at like, you know, that portrait of like monkey to man, Uh he's going backwards. Yes. He's moving backwards. He's hunching over. He's all furry now. (laughs) I I mean, he's doing what he can to stay alive. Yeah. But, um, and so now I think a lot of these people look back at, look, the ones who haven't gotten, haven't drank the Kool-Aid, the Trump Mm -hmm. Kool-Aid. They're like, uh, this is not what I signed up for. Yeah. Same thing with the Democrats. I mean, we've gone more left in the past couple years. Well, you know. The Russians wanted to polarize <laughs> and it has happened. They they were not, not unsuccessful. Speaking of the Russians, here's a little tidbit that's just completely unrelated, mm-hmm. but it is related to this up. So we got like a, a, like a notification on MailChimp recently that was like, your welcome email has like an abuse rate and you have to fix it. And we were like, I don't know what that means. Like what's going on. And then we looked into it and apparently there were Russian bots <gasps> signing up for the email. Wow. And what it's a all from the Russian bots. Wow. I know. I wonder what, I know what their strategy yeah, is. Yeah. Why do they, th- is it just cause do they just think this up is funny? Yeah. Or it, it's not like are they trying to influence this up? Because on the newsletter, it's not like we interact with people. No, not at all. So I don't know. Maybe it's part of their strategy to figure out what's going on and to getting the political landscape. That's yeah, maybe. So maybe I should start leaving messages in there for the trolls. Yeah. Sign up at betches.co slash sub sign up and see if you can find my messages that I'm leaving <laughs> for the Russian bots. <laughs> okay. Brian. What's been getting you through this week in Trump's America? Well, so Time just came out with its yearly issue where they say that the the most 100 influential people in the the world. And they get like one famous person to write about another famous person. Yeah, yeah. Lady Gaga was one of them, obviously. Who wrote about Lady Gaga? Oh. Mm -hmm. And then Michelle Obama wrote about Beyonce, I think. Yes, or Or, or vice versa. I one think it of was, them yeah. wrote about the other <laughs> Elizabeth Warren wrote about AOC, AOC, which is cool. Yes. And then Chris Christie wrote about Trump, which is like, you don't even have a real friend that I can know. write about you. Oh my God, you're right. You don't even have a real actual friend who can write about you. Yeah. Um. So they had the gala this past Tuesday mm-hmm. and comedian Hassan Minhaj was there from The Daily Show, former correspondent. Mm-hmm. He has his own show on Netflix. The Patriot Act. Yeah, the Patriot mm-hmm. Act. Um, or Patriot Act. The Patriot Act the Patri- is the actual Patriot yeah. <laughs> Act. <laughs> Patriot Act is a show. Okay, continue telling me your thing. So he was there. He was giving a speech. Um, Jared Kushner was also there. He mm. had given a speech earlier where he said that the Russian disinformation wasn't actually that bad. Right. It was that, it was yes. that thing. The one where he said they just post... He was like, they just bought a couple of Facebook ads. Like, they spent like $160,000. I spent that in every three hours on the yeah, campaign. Yeah, that's how much I pay for my salads. It's like, okay, um, <laughs> And so, yeah. So, he's giving the speech, and then he brings up this Saudi Arabian uh, woman activist mm-hmm. named uh Lujan al Hafool. Yes. And so she basically is and has been detained mm-hmm. and arrested and apparently tortured. Yeah. And sexually harassed in captivity and we of can't course. get information. Yeah. So uh Hassan uh used this time to talk about that and also sort of throw some shade and reference Jay Kush. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of very powerful people here and it'd be crazy if I don't know if there was just like a 
I don't know, like if there was like a high-ranking official in the White House that could WhatsApp MBS and, and say, hey, maybe you could help that person get out of prison because they don't deserve it. But that'd be crazy. That'd be, I mean, that person would have to be in the room, but it's just a good comedy premise. <laughs> Well, I mean, fuck Jared Kushner for thinking he can go anywhere. Yeah, like, I know. You have to stay at the White House or in your little enclaves, yeah. dude. If you come out into this world in New York City. Yeah, I know. I know. Like We're going to take and you down. That's so cool of him. Yeah. You know, I feel like the, the comedians are still leading the, the effort, the resistance. Yeah. You know, because yeah. they're the only ones who can get away with saying shit, I guess, or like are, in, are not even get away with it, are unafraid to. Yeah. And I mean, you do have kind of comedians it's kind of like the john stewart thing where like you are able to make these like truthful statements but you also have the distance from politics where like you don't have to like play nice with other political people like if it was a politician making that speech it would be like i i don't think they could like directly call out jared in the same way i mean they could but like there would be actual repercussions to their career whereas like hassan doing that is not yeah that's not ending his career yeah it's not gonna do and like it's not well, it's why, only like, gonna fuel his career you know, he's in the newspaper he's like in the papers now and his whole thing is based on like liberal politics and all that yeah. stuff so like he's gonna be fine for being mean to jared and Kushner. more and more as like as this fucking terrible presidency continues i'm getting more frustrated at the people who are not using you know their influence or platform mm-hmm. to do change yeah and like are just like accepting the privilege that they have and not using that privilege for something better yeah because and so it just makes me think about you know Jared Kushner's brother and his wife, Carly Kloss. Mm. And I'm just like, girl, mm. you, your silence is complicity. Yeah. And it just bothers Carly. me. It bothers me so much. Like, I mean, you have to think about, you know, Carly Kloss. I'm, I don't know if she supports his policies, but like she definitely doesn't publicly not support them. But, and, and, you know, Ivanka mentions her on Twitter. But Carly does not follow her back. Okay. That's one thing that that's. I wonder if she runs silent, her Twitter. Her silent protest is that she does not follow Ivanka back. But still, I mean, at least <laughs> wear a pin. Wear, wear a, a pin. Like go out, get photographed wearing a a fucking pussy hat or it's something. It's crazy that that's all it takes. Like, but literally wear a pin. Get in everyone's gay T-shirt, yeah. perhaps. Because <laughs> 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 I I think of the MLK quote. In the end, we will, we will, in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. Mm. And it's true. But speaking of Saudi Arabia. Yes. This all comes around the same time that Saudi Arabia just carried out one of its biggest executions of prisoners, 37, just this past week. That's Um, insane. Yeah. It says they're all related to terrorism. Basically, anyone who's a dissident or creates dissidents within Saudi Arabia against the crown prince or the, um kingdom yeah they jail them yeah um this woman lujan al-hathul the one that minaj was talking about uh he or she sorry she is in jail because she advocated for women to be able to drive which he then lifted the ban on women yeah, being he able to lifted drive the ban on women being able and to drive then arrested her and then arrested her after yeah so they beheaded 36 prisoners one of them they crucified oh my god yeah um this was actually two days after easter so i'm surprised that you know and disrespectful and also bad i mean just on every level i don't think that anyone should be crucified ever no i think that we should be i think i i frankly mea culpa to my ignorance (laughs) i thought that was over a while ago i know i thought we stopped doing that um so yeah saudi arabia is on track to set a new record for beheading people in 2019 based on its patterns of conviction in this year alone wow cool record wow yeah good for you great one of the people executed was this young man um his name was i'm I'm gonna butcher it i'm sorry mujdaba al swaykat mujdaba I just was uh, yeah, yeah okay I'm sorry I acknowledge that I didn't say it correctly And I, I tried to figure it out But I could not um, At 17 He was detained At an international airport In 2012 er, They are saying That that year He had attended A pro-democracy rally Which is like Cool Pro-democracy yeah. um, Which then led to his arrest But He was on his way To college In western Michigan He had received Like a full ride And he was gonna, He was on his way to come here to study. So he was headed and, to college and then they said that he had attended a rally. Mm-hmm. They arrested him and then they just beheaded him. But, and that was in 2012 and they just <sighs> beheaded him. Oh, 
that, that breaks my heart that's seven so years sad. later and he, in so the meantime he sad. was tortured and inhumanely so horrible basically we're not and the, the, okay 37 33 of the 37 executed were shiite muslims mm, right because um the crown Pring, prince and his family are all sunnis it's a majority sunni country yes mm, wow uh and jared kushner does whatsapp with mbs, MBS. that's like a real that's not even just a joke that's like a real thing like yeah. they send they're each like, other memes or i don't know gone on, they've been on yachts together yeah they've you know they're, they're buddies they're friends they're buddies and you know this also comes after they vetoed the saudi-led coalition in yemen oh yeah after trump's administration vetoed us stopping that yeah the, the congress passed through a bill that would have ended our support for the saudi-led coalition in yemen and trump used his veto power to veto that so it's just like maybe we need to reassess our fucking relationship with saudi arabia how much is it going to take to realize that this country their values they're like they're, what they're doing to women and yeah. gay people and just anyone anyone who is not a sunni muslim yeah they that they, a sunni muslim that supports explicitly supports the government there because yeah. i bet if you're a sunni muslim that doesn't fucking support the government there yeah. or you say some shit that's out of turn they're not gonna it's help like we, you either it, we're, we it's just so frustrating that we pick and choose our dictators yeah i mean it literally what what as you were talking about what i've been thinking about is that the trump administration just announced even like that they're making it even harder for people to travel to cuba or to do mm -hmm. or like for families to send money back they're putting like a stricter cap on that and all this stuff and i'm just like so we'll fuck with Mohammed bin Salman, who just set the record for fucking beheading people and crucified a person, but we're we, nobody can even go to Cuba, or you can't even send your fucking family money in Cuba because Fidel Castro had a communist revolution mm -hmm. fifty years ago. Yeah, and you it's know, interesting. This Saudi Arabian relationship obviously did not start with the Trump administration. However, they've gotten closer. Yeah. I mean, we weren't the, the 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 senior advisor to the president was yes. not BFFs yes. with the crown prince. Yeah, the our relationship with Saudi Arabia is not new to the Trump administration, but our WhatsApp chat with Saudi Arabia is new yeah, to that's the Trump new. administration. Okay, shall okay. we shall get we into get the into the news? Today, the Betcha Up podcast is sponsored by European Wax Center's Axe the Pink Tax campaign. The pink tax is the extra amount of money women are charged every year for basic goods and services. And that shit adds up to $1,351 every freaking year. Yeah. For real. I could be so rich. Yes. Pink Tax is charging women more money on everything from baby bottles to canes. That doesn't just stop there. It's toys, personal care products, clothes, dry cleaning. Yes, even dry cleaning. Yes, dry cleaning. Women are actually being charged more for dry cleaning than men, sometimes for bringing in the exact same shirt. Yeah, that's really absurd. European Wax Center is known for empowering confident women, and now they're giving them the tools to claim their worth and take back what's there. I love it. I mean, I hate it, but I love that we're fixing it. And now you know. See for yourself at AxeThePinkTax.com. Joe Biden officially announces that he is running for president. He did it today. We all knew that yeah. this was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Very much... Uh, we knew, obviously. Well, so now there's 20 people running for pre for the Democratic pre uh, president, and no more people can be on a debate stage than that. Yeah, so now the, we've actually reached the maximum yeah. amount of people that can appear on the debate stage. It's two nights, 10 people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess maybe we could squeeze another fucking podium on. Like, I don't know. Is, is it in How the Constitution? How sad would it be if you were the one person, if like someone else, is an, someone else announces mm -hmm. and then you're the one person that's that not doesn't, that doesn't. Yeah. If you're 21, spot, if you're 21, that's that. Yeah. I feel like no one's going to want to be 21. Like being 22 is okay. Cause now you guys are together and you can figure out what y'all yeah. are going to do. But to be 21 yeah. is like, <laughs> but I wonder if it's even, I wonder if they would rank it more by like donations or like percentage and that like, plays a part. I, in it. Yeah. I, feel I know like, that you need a, you need X number of, single person donators donations yeah. too to like qualify because it's not like if joe biden had been 21 that they wouldn't have put joe biden up there N yeah they would have know? figured something out so it depends on who it is okay um so let's talk a little bit about joe mm -hmm. uh joe was first elected to the senate 
1972. He was a senator from Delaware. He was actually, he's one of the youngest senators ever mm -hmm. elected. Not the youngest, but one of the youngest. Also, yeah. if you ever look at young pictures of him. He's handsome. Yeah, I think he Real was. Real cute. Yeah, he was, he was a young man. Real cute. Mm -hmm. um, he ran for president for the first time in 1988 at the yeah. age of 45. Mm -hmm. And then again in 2008, which obviously translated to him becoming Barack Obama's vice president. Yeah. So he, what's interesting about the way that he launched is that when the other candidates were launching, they were talking about, they weren't, they were talking about like who they are and their policy and like their approach to becoming president. Yeah. He launched his with immediately going into Charlottesville. Yes. And the protests there. And when, um, activist Heather Heyer was killed. Yes. He basically points to that moment mm -hmm. and is like, I realized like when I saw this, you know, I realized that our our country was in a place that I've never seen it before. Yeah. Um, and he, he, he and I feel like the other candidates didn't come out in a way that explicitly I don't think they even mentioned Trump's name. Yeah. He came out and explicitly said President Trump is like unfit, blah, 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 blah. Well, I feel like I feel like that's something that like he's uniquely able to do because he doesn't need to get his name out yeah. there. You know what I mean? Like uh, an ad for like. Buttigieg or Julian Castro or like or something like they need to tell you a little bit about who they are and what they stand for. Even someone like Bernie, who has huge name recognition, mm -hmm. needs to give you his history. Joe Biden, like he doesn't. Well, Joe Biden doesn't need to tell you who the fuck he is. He doesn't need to be like, I was like, he'd be like, hi, I'm Joe Biden. I was the vice president. Yeah. Like, he doesn't need to like, <laughs> do that. Well, also, he's explicitly calls Trump out. He, he says, I believe history will look back on four years of this president and all he embraces as an aberrant moment in time, which is interesting. I had to Google what aberrant meant. Yeah. That's not, it's like abhorrent. I know. Yeah. But aberrant. It's like diverge from the norm. Wow. Oh, so basically I feel like also he's taking some, when Hillary Clinton was running against Trump in 2016, she tried to point out Trump's moral flaws and mm -hmm. it did not matter. Yeah. And so I think a lot of the other Democratic nominees are, or whatever, mm -hmm. candidates, um, are learning from that and not going after his moral character, mm -hmm. but maybe to a really far degree where yeah. they need to kind of actually say something about him, like how everyone is not too keen to call for impeachment. Yes. Um, Which Liz Warren has done and Kamala. Yeah. And so he's kind of like, I'm throwing that rule out, out, out the window and I'm just going to be like, this dude's a fucking terrible person. <laughs> yeah. Um. So obviously we'll just go into a little more about Joe. Um. So he comes into it as, basically a front runner the front runner it's like him and bernie kind of up at the top he has obviously huge name id mm -hmm. he's kind of doing a more he's doing a traditional donor thing too he's looking at big money donors he's doing it the regular way yeah. which is really different from the other candidates who i think have embraced the sort of bernie liz warren like we're not going to take big campaign yeah. contributions and this is something that he's never had to do before yeah you know because even a few years ago, Hillary Clinton, she was taking big donor money. Oh, yeah. This is the first election where I feel like donor money is... It, it's interesting because Democrats. you need it. For the Democrats, yeah, obviously. For the Democrats, it's like, yeah, you need a lot of money to become president. But taking donor money is kind of a double-edged sword. Like, big donor money is kind of a double-edged sword now for Democrats because being able to say, I didn't do that, I think is a big yes. help in the primary, mm -hmm. especially. But and then it's like, are you going to take it? But once you get to the general, like, yeah, you're going to need. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Donald Trump is taking money from fucking Russia. So yeah. like, and he, well, and Trump can Trump can do a rally and raise like six million dollars yeah, an hour. Yeah. Which is also frightening. So he's going to have that's something that he'll have to like keep up with. But also he since he's been in politics for so long and an elected official for so long, he has a history of his stances and a lot of the ideals of the Democratic Party, you know, when he, in fucking 1972, when he was first elected to the Senate, is not the same as today. Yeah. He was even dealing with segregation when he was Yeah, when he like, was a senator, he, <laughs> which is crazy to think about. Yeah, he's dealing with, like, that kind of shit. I mean, one of the really, really big things against him that a lot of people are going to talk about uh, 
are the Anita Hill mm-hmm. hearings. He was the committee chair. He oversaw that mm-hmm. where, you know, we've all seen now the images of like 12 white dudes staring her down. Mm-hmm. We all know how that hearing he went. Yeah, he didn't call for any witnesses for her. Yeah, um, he, I mean, he over he's he oversaw this very disturbing display of misogyny that we're only really now in the wake of like Blasey Ford and stuff really coming to terms with like what the fuck we did to that woman Mm -hmm. and like what she was put through. And Biden has come out and like, this is not apologize. He never, he does. He does the thing where he apologizes ish is like, he doesn't actually say sorry. And one of his things that he constantly says is he's like, I wish I could have done more. And I'm like, well, you are the chair of the committee. Yeah. So like, that's not going to fly. I think you could say, I wish that I could have, that I had seen my own misogyny. Yeah. I wish that I had seen mm-hmm. the truth of this situation. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Yeah. And that comes back to his other big, the other big ding on Biden, obviously, which is something we've talked about on the podcast, which is his history of being touchy, touchy, mm-hmm. feely, feely, which mm-hmm. some women have come forward to be like Lucy Flores in particular was like, this really creeped me out. She, yeah. a lot the, most of the women who have come, the ones who have come forward have said, I didn't feel like it was sexual in nature, but it was, he crossed a personal boundary with me that made me feel really uncomfortable. Usually at pivotal giant moments in their career, like they're about to go on stage mm-hmm. or something. And mm-hmm. then he like nozzles their nose or like does some weird yeah. thing. That's <laughs> like, what are you doing, buddy? I know. I can't imagine how it, it that must feel be- to be like, trying to get into a moment and then all of a sudden like oh, someone throws like a wrench at you. Yeah. Like, and all of a sudden the vice president is like sniffing your neck and you're like, what the <laughs> fuck? Is that. And so he released that apology video, the one that like Trump weirdly Mm. made the retweet parody of. Um, But even in that one, he didn't say, I'm sorry. No. He said things that I. I "I get it. All right. I can't touch girls in there. Sniff their hairs no more. Yeah. I can't. "Mm." I can't sniff the hair of women that I don't know. (laughs) Like (laughs) that I haven't met. Because he had. He did have a longtime friend who whose photo gets circulated a lot as one of the, like as a creepy Biden photo. Mm-hmm. And she came out and was like, look, I 100% respect Lucy Flores. I respect women who are coming forward. I don't deny their thing, but just for me, I'm actually friends with Joe Biden. And this was actually like a nice moment between us. And mm-hmm. I know that my face looks serious, but it's cause like I was concentrating. Yeah. <laughs> and like, actually he's my friend. And like, this is a picture of friends hugging. It's yeah. not a picture of like anything untoward or that upset me that's yeah. happening. So obviously he's going to combat that reputation mm-hmm. hardcore and he's fucking old he is fucking old he's a straight white man yep. which does not play like do well for you at least on the progressive left but people are like oh the rust belt it's like okay yeah um he's actually kicking off apparently uh a event next week in pennsylvania in pittsburgh because Makes sense. you know that's an, a state that we Trump gotta won. get back yeah, we gotta yeah get it's back. like pennsylvania wisconsin we gotta get them all yeah back just give um, us Florida. Then we'll be fine. Yeah, please. just give it. But Florida, there, we don't there's know a, there's a whole shit going on in Florida <laughs> voters now too. Um. So some other past stances of him. So one one good one is he's been um pretty like pro LGBT for like longer. Yeah. He was ahead of the curb yeah. on that. And when um gay marriage got legalized, he put on like a little rainbow flag and like ran around. Oh, that's nice. But he also has done a lot for on campus sexual assault. Yes, that has been his big project as it was his big project as vice president i don't know if you've ever seen the documentary the hunting ground that's all about like it happens to you Mm -hmm. the lady gaga Uh, song i should have known obviously you've seen it in that lady (laughs) gaga was involved (laughs) but he was like he's like involved in that documentary and was really involved in like shedding a light on that which Mm -hmm. is great on the bad side um he has some like troubling you issues know, with criminal justice reform. Yeah, he's he was for lengthening sentences of criminal criminal drug offenses. Um, he also voted for the Iraq War. But, yeah, you know, so you know that kind of stuff. Uh, not the best. It's um, so early. It's so early. Polling like doesn't truly matter all that much at yeah. this moment. It, it's it's literally like who have you heard of is yeah. basically what the polling is. And so. At this point. Like yes, he like right now uh, in a numeric. If the election was happening today, he had he would have probably the best chance yeah. to beat President Trump. Yeah, but a lot is going to fucking change. Yeah, a then. lot is going to happen. There are going to be many debates. Speaking of Trump, speaking of Trump, here's one thing that I think does 
put uh, it does solidify Biden's status as a front runner. He mm-hmm. has already received a nickname from Donald J. Trump. Uh, his nickname is Sleepy Joe, which I don't get. Yeah, I don't. I feel like is there videos of him sleeping or something? Yeah, is he? I feel like Sleepy is not. Maybe I don't get maybe it. Doc. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the race, Sleepy Joe. I o- I only hope you have the intelligence, long in doubt, to wage a successful primary campaign. It will be nasty. You will be dealing with people who truly have some very sick and demented ideas. What? But if you make it, I will see you at the starting gate. Capitalized starting gate. This doesn't make any, any sense. sense. It will be nasty. You will be dealing with people who truly have some very sick and demented ideas. So odd. It's also like he's encouraging it for it to be Joe Biden. It's like he wants to run against Joe Biden. I think he does because I think he like knows how to run against Joe Biden. Like I think he has like a plan kind of in his head for what he would do if it was Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. And it begins with, I guess, characterizing him as sleepy. Yeah. Which just doesn't make uh, creepy. Does he know? He could do creepy creepy Joe. Joe. Creepy Creepy Uncle Joe. Yeah. I mean, does he know who is vice president is he falls asleep yeah, everywhere yeah exactly with his eyes open he's just <laughs> sleeping <laughs> like okay um so we wanted to take a little time today since we're talking about joe to just talk about all the other candidates i mean not all of them because there are 20 now <laughs> but but some of our some of our fave policies mm-hmm, uh just yeah. like big fun overarching policies from all the candidates i watched um a, but a good amount of the town halls, the CNN town halls that took place mm-hmm. this week. I I didn't see Bernie and Klobuchar, but I saw Kamala and Buttigieg and uh, Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. And they were really interesting. Mm-hmm. Whenever you watch them, you're like, oh, okay. You're like, as soon as the person's done, you're like, yeah, you could be president. Yeah, I'd be like, well, Sounds great. it's just like, you know, the litmus test for it now is so I know. low. I know. I'm just like, I, I'll take any of you. Yeah. I'm like, also, Anderson Cooper could be president. Yeah. He's up here. I don't give a shit. This lady who just asked a question, she yeah, could be president. Exactly. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, okay. So we'll just go through them. And this is all detailed in an article that is up on Betches right now called The Best Policies from Every 2020 Democratic Candidate. So you can go there and there are all links and you can like see clips of people talking and all this stuff if you want more info. So let's start with our boy, Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Um, Bernie has a lot of policies. He's one of the people coming out the gate with a lot of ideas, concrete ideas. But I would, I feel like Bernie is the Medicare for all mm-hmm. superstar. Yeah. And all the candidates at this point are for some version of single payer. Yeah. But most of them are signing on to Bernie Sanders yeah. bill. Like Kirsten Gillibrand signed on to yeah. it. I know. I think Kamala is on board. And he's the person who got this in the debate yeah at all so i feel like it's like credit where credit is due medicare for all is bernie's it's funny how all these a lot of the stuff that bernie talked about a few years ago where like people would laugh at and now it is part of you know the zeitgeist i know like i feel like one of the challenges that bernie faces is that the ideas that he made mainstream Mm -hmm. are so mainstream that people don't realize that they're his like like so many people have adopted his ideas that when he comes out and is like i'm for medicare for all it's like yeah well so are all 19 of these other clowns so so this is off off the beaten road yeah off the track um just over the weekend i was with family and someone who is not who is not a democrat and who is a trump supporter started talking about their idea for we need like technology and like new ener- ways of energy that will create so much jobs. And I'm looking at them telling me this and I'm like, that is the exact opposite of what your president wants to do. Yeah. He wants <laughs> to like build more coal mines. Yeah. Like, I like, he wants a coal. He's like, what's going on with coal? He thinks that wind turbines cause cancer. I know. I almost like craw- the sound from wind. I <laughs> felt, I like felt my like soul leave yeah. my body and look down on the, on the Easter dinner table mm-hmm. and just could not believe what I was hearing. It's hard. But Anyways. those people, honestly, in those moments, you can't even do anything because it's like that that person has to come to it themselves like mm-hmm. you can ma- bring a horse to water but you can't make them drink and one thing that bernie did do that was very cool um is that he did a town hall on fox news yeah um which there's like debate about whether or not democrats should appear on fox news but bernie went on fox news and he made such a good case for medicare for all that like i do feel like 
it could have pierced through yeah. the noise. Like he made such a succinct and good case for it that I think if let's say your relative is watching Fox News, th- that might like get to them. Yeah. What okay, I I don't I don't know if we should get into this debate, but mm-hmm. what do you think about Democrats going on Fox News? I kind of think I think that they should do it. Yeah, I mean Fox I know it's a it's a fucking hellscape. After I saw the Bernie thing, honestly, I was like, oh, there is a way for you to get these ideas out there. I mean, it's but they have to be prepared to do what Bernie did, which was like he really like went in on the hosts a little bit. Mm -hmm. He like you have to you can't just go on there and like play their game. You have to go on there focused on your own message and be like. Fox News be damned kind of like yeah. you have to go on it with like kind of a fuck it all attitude mm-hmm. talk directly to the viewers and try to like push yeah. out the host and all of that other shit because it's I mean it's hard but what Bernie did if you watch the clips of him on Fox I'm like this was I think this did good because I feel like well, he him, made he did the poll he was like yeah. if you if you were for Medicare for all raise your hand mm-hmm. after he like did a spiel yes. and like everyone basically raised their hand and also he was like if you would go off your employer's insurance if you would be like if you want to go off your employer's insurance for something like what i'm proposing and like literally everyone raised their hands and if you looked at the fox news hosts in that moment they were not expecting that because their whole thing is to scare people that like you're gonna lose your employer's insurance which uh one thing that he said that was on it that i really loved was they were trying to needle him on that they were like so people are gonna be losing their insurance blah 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 and he was like you guys are framing this all wrong. What we have right now, the system we have right now, people lose their insurance all the time because they lost their job because their employer just changes the insurance and makes it worse without them knowing. Like the system we have right now is unstable. What I am proposing is stability. What I am proposing is you not losing your health insurance for random reasons. Like the system we have right now, people lose their health insurance all the time. Mm -hmm. So like it's a false... He, he like called out the narrative in a really great way. So yeah. that was awesome. Uh, Kamala Harris. Yes. She's come out with strong uh, policies around background checks. This was yes. a really great part of her. I saw this clip mm-hmm. of her CNN town hall. Someone yes. asked about like what you would do to address this crisis of guns in schools and mass shootings in mm-hmm. places where mass shootings shouldn't be happening at all. Yes. And she said... Which I feel like is, was a really strong and concrete proposal. Kamala's been out here with the concrete proposals too, but she said that if she was elected president, she would give Congress 100 days to pass gun reform legislation, which like, you know, I wonder if they'll yeah. do that. Uh, and if they did not, she would then sign an executive order mandating background checks for customers of anyone who sells more than five guns per year and she also had more proposals about like how you could like making it easier for someone to lose their gun license if they do like bad Mm -hmm. sales she also people who are on the lamb from the law fugitives are not on the the list of people that can't buy guns and she's like i'll put those people back on it yes if you're a fugitive of the law you shouldn't be able to buy a gun you know right now the nra is opposing the reauthorization of the violence against women act because um rep or i think she's a rep debbie dingle added something that said if you are convicted of violence against women if you're a convicted abuser of women like you're like a stalker domestic abuser whatever you should not be allowed to get a gun and now the nra is opposing that because they want people who are stalkers and convicted abusers of women to have guns i really wonder i don't necessarily believe in god but when I hear shit like that, it makes me believe in the devil because <laughs> what kind of person thinks that way? I mean, it's it's it is demonic. I would it's say it's crazy. So, uh, Kamala also has some good uh, policy around teachers. She rolled out this plan for t- I think it's like a three hundred and fifteen billion dollars to increase teacher salaries over the next ten years, basically increasing their pay. Each teacher's pay thirteen thousand five hundred dollars in their first term. Um. Th- yeah. So yeah. teachers shape our youth. Yeah. Yeah. Shape our world. And again, we're just highlighting like one policy for each person. They obviously have like more yeah. policies than this. Specifically, Elizabeth Warren, who's got just, policies on, on policies. policies. Yeah. Uh, but one that got a lot of attention this week is her. Uh, it's called the cancellation of student loan debt and universal free public college 
policy. And basically what this would do, it was it would allow the federal government to forgive $50,000 in student loan debt for every person with a household under $100,000. This would affect an estimated 42 million Americans. That's am- 42 that's million people would have their debt forgiven. Um, and she's proposing eliminating college tuition at all colleges, almost all colleges and universities. Um, and she would do this by taxing the rich. Yeah. Because she, the only people who can actually pay for college yeah. are rich people. And she explained this in her town hall. She was saying it's it, it's literally like the ultra ultra rich that like you should watch the debate for for the exact numbers but it was something like at your on your 152 millionth dollar you start being taxed eight cents on the dollar like it's something like literally like maybe like cents on the dollar for every dollar above 152 million and that's what we get us to this proposal which is just crazy when you think about like that's how much wealth these people have mm-hmm. that like they can make 152 million unencumbered then only be taxed cents on the dollar after that and they still are like i don't want to do that yeah it's yeah crazy and she she explained it where her her reasoning behind taxing the rich to do this is that she's like it's a thank you to the system that got you where you were like you were able to build this incredible business because you had workers who went to free public college because you had workers who were healthy because you had workers who Mm -hmm. were safe because you had like this wasn't just built on your own smarts and ingenuity like there but the fact that like you had access to an educated workforce that was in relatively good health and knew how to use a fucking computer and do this and that helped you get to where you are. So you should give back by letting more people become educated. Yeah. So she also wants to get rid of the electoral college, break up big tech companies yes. like Facebook, Google, and Amazon, stop drilling on public lands. And she was the first one, as we said, to call for Trump's impeachment. So she's, yes. she's the policy one to beat. Yeah. She, I mean, she Which has so, she has so much and her town hall was really, really great. And her explanation for why she wants to get, why she thinks there should be a vote on impeachment was really great because everyone was asked about this. Kamala also said she thinks there should be a vote for impeachment, but she was like, but I'm also a realist and it's not going to pass the Senate, which is like true. Elizabeth Warren basically said the same thing, but she was like, I want every elected official in this government to have to cast a vote. I want Mm. them to be on the record saying that they think this is okay or not okay. Yeah. You know, because that's one of those things where like, think about how in 2008, the fact that Obama voted against the Iraq war Mm -hmm. basically like launched him into the nomination. Like that was one of his big selling points. So yeah, maybe, you know, he's not, we we can't impeach him in the Senate. The, Mm -hmm. The chances of that are so unlikely, but maybe down the line, the fact that, someone voted not to impeach him could help the Democrat, you know, it could help or hurt people. Like the fact that someone was like, no, I stood up and said impeach or no, this person didn't fucking stand up and say impeach Mm -hmm. down the line. Historically could be like a useful thing for for Democrats. 100%. Okay. Julian Castro has said a lot about immigration reform. Mm -hmm. He has the best, most progressive, most thoughtful immigration policy. And he's a Texan. Yes. So he's not right on the border. Yes. Um, he basically, he he laid out a policy um, that would decriminalize illegal border crossings because actually illegal border crossing, crossing the border wasn't all, illegally wasn't always like a crime the way it is now where you could be like arrested, mm-hmm. you know? So that was used to start enforcing immigration rules and and he his plan would reverse Trump's tra- travel ban, which mm-hmm. like, yeah. Uh, great. I mean, yeah. Good. Okay. Great. Awesome. Good. Also, I think that Julian Castro was one of the people who still needs to raise more money so that they can get on the debate oh, stage. Oh, really? So if you're one of the people who's just donating to candidates and trying to throw your support behind people and you want to hear more about this immigration policy on the debate stage, yeah. Julian Castro. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Cory Booker's out there, New Jersey senator. He's standing for criminal justice reform. He's actually, this is something yeah. he's been doing for a long time yeah this isn't new um he was he was previously the mayor of newark and he was even addressing it then he was in that documentary yes by ava duvernay the nine or was it the the ninth wasn't it like knocking down no no it was like fuck we should i should have i don't know there's a documentary about ava duvernay and Um, he's in it and it's really good yeah and so he after trump signed the first step act 
ironically the one that Kim Kardashian worked on. Yes. He proposed the Next Step Act, which further reforms sentencing guidelines, improves prison conditions, restructures law enforcement practices and training, and bans the, quote, the box, which prohibits employers from asking about criminal history in the early stages of the interview process. Yes. On that same, on a similar criminal justice reform note, Beto O'Rourke, he's come out for a lot of the policies that we've talked about and stuff, but he also has stand legalizing weed. Hey. Legalize it. Um, <laughs> he wants to end the federal prohibition of weed and, and I think this is a really important part of any weed legalization policy, expunge the criminal records of nonviolent marijuana offenses. Yeah. Because that's a huge part of it because a lot of times... If you don't expunge their records, then it's hard for these people to get jobs. They also can't get jobs in the legal marijuana industry yeah. because you can't sell weed legally if you have been if you've gone to like been convicted of a crime or whatever. So it's like then they can't even though this thing is not legal. Whatever you you get it. You get why yeah. that's not doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, I mean. I, I, all of this is great, and I feel like they're all pretty much in agreement with each other. Kirsten Gillibrand her, has come out as an advocate for paid family leave. Yeah, she's similar to Cory Booker in that like, this is something she's been thinking about for a while. She introduced the Family Act, which would guarantee new parents 12 weeks of paid leave, which is a lot better than the zero guaranteed weeks of paid leave that they Still have Still not enough. Still not enough, but it's 12 times better than what we have. <laughs> 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 uh, well, I guess 12 times zero is still zero, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, so here, let's take a second to talk about our boy Pete, Mayor mm -hmm. Pete, who we do love on this podcast. Yes. I think that Pete has a lot going for him, but he had kind of a bad moment mm -hmm. during the town halls when Anderson kind of stuck him and was like, you don't have a policy page on your website. And he was like, well, yeah, I do. I'm, we're making a thing where you can look up videos to find out what I think on every subject. And he said, um, it's important that we don't drown people in minutia before we've vindicated the values that animate our policies. And like, I get that. I want to be drowned in minutia. Yeah. I'm like, but you have to, we do have to have a sprinkle of minutia. Yeah. Like we've got Elizabeth Warren out here. Who's like got graphs yeah. and charts and she's like a lot of minutia, like, like literal actual numbers. I'm not saying that you need to like, I get what he's saying. Like this is a primary. I, I think that I'm letting voters know about my values right now. And that's what I'm focused on. Letting people know is like who I am, where I stand, but we got to, you know, but it, to the point we were making about Biden, he had no name recognition. He would be like, this is who I am. Here yeah, I am. Yeah, exactly. So now it's like, okay, now we know who you are. Tell us yeah. what you're going to fucking do. Yeah. Come so. out with a couple like concrete yeah. plans. I mean, we know we know he's for Medicare for all. I think if we asked him about a lot of these policies, he would be like. He also yeah. had another moment during that where he was asked about if he thinks incarcerated people should be able to vote, yes. which should not go over as well either. Yes, because Bernie said in his that he thinks that people who are incarcerated should be able to vote. Yeah. And Pete was like, uh, no, I don't think so. But he thinks that people who, once they get out, should be able to vote. The issue with that is because like the locations of prisons and jails, they count prisoners mm -hmm. as part of like that census. So mm -hmm. if you are living in say a very like say there's a you're living in like a rural conservative area, but there's a jail there full of people. Yeah. That can't vote, but are still being counted. It's yeah. not actually fair. Yeah. It's like I get the arguments on both sides, but the sticking for me, I feel when, when I hear people who are like, well, they definitely shouldn't be able to vote. I'm like, maybe I would feel that way if we had not the prison industrial complex that we have yeah. now, but we're jailing so many people right now for so many insane things. Like the, like just the amount of prisoners that we have is so crazy that mm -hmm. to disenfranchise that many people. Yeah. And who are majority uh, minorities. Yeah. Who are mostly people of color. That is a sticking point for me. If we were a country like fucking like Germany or whatever, where they have like a normal prison population, I would mm -hmm. maybe feel differently about it and be like, no, you committed a crime. You've yeah. been removed from society. Part of that is you lose like a civil liberty, which is your freedom and you lose the ability to vote while you're in there. I would feel maybe like that. But because we've incarcerated so many people and we've created such a huge disparity and problem, mm -hmm. I feel like it doesn't apply. That's yeah. my personal feeling in this moment. Yes, I agree. 
Um, A.B. Klobuchar has come out for agriculture exports. Just always got A.B. Klobuchar, shiny. <laughs> I know. They just keep reminding us that you're from the Midwest. Yes. You know, like, just do it as much as you can. I would stay away from food things. Be- for If I were her, I would stay away from food things because of the salad fork debacle. Yes. But, hey, we are trying to win back the Midwest, and we yeah. are trying to win back agricultural communities, and, like, maybe this isn't a flashy issue, but it probably actually affects the lives of like a lot of fucking people yeah. so and the, her, probably people that she her constituents and that she knows yes she wants to make it easier um to export farming products and lift tariffs discriminating against u.s agricultural producers yeah. um so just to quickly run through these other ones yes jay inslee is running on green energy Cl- he, yeah. he, climate change he came out of the gate basically like standing the earth which yeah. is great <laughs> we love that he's yeah. yeah he's like the climate candidate yeah he's he's like all about green energy andrew yang is all about a universal basic income yeah that's where he says that um every american should get twelve thousand dollars a year over uh, once they turn 18 you just get one every year and he says uh, he believes it'll grow the economy by 13 percent by 2025 oh, which is ma- interesting that would be nice i mean yeah. yeah i yeah that'd be really nice yeah um <laughs> Marianne Williamson. Oprah's spiritual advisor. I mean, I don't reparations? Yes, that's serious. Yeah. That, no, yeah. I, the serious part is that she's Oprah's spiritual advisor. Yes. She okay. So Marianne Williamson, who is Oprah's spiritual advisor and is running for president, she proposed a hundred billion dollars in reparations for slavery. And she's the only per- candidate I've ever and heard was, like, say that. People have like asked candidates about that and they'll be like like they asked Kamala about yeah. it and she was like I'll look into it yeah she didn't say like hard no but she definitely didn't say like she's like it's not at the top of my list yeah. not like Marianne <laughs> Eric Swalwell is all about gun reform which is great yes and then uh, there are other people in in the game Tulsi Gabbard she's running on kind of more she she runs up she's she's a veteran so she talks a lot about like not being involved in foreign conflict and uh there's John Delaney who's kind of a middle of the road person but he and he doesn't support Medicare for all so it's like I don't know what you're doing here man uh Wayne Messam wants to erase billions of dollars in student loan debt and Seth Moulton who also announced this week wants to focus on military spending and using high-tech weapons in combat interesting yeah so that's just a run through of yeah you know some major policies obviously go to people's websites to see yeah, more or go to betches.com yeah and read this article, read this article. And you can find all the links and see clips and yeah. all that stuff guys make sure if you're a fan of our podcast that you rate review and subscribe yes because it's important it gets people to listen and if you think about like i know that when i leave yelp reviews it's never because i'm satisfied yeah it's usually because some waiter spilled cheese on my shoe and then cursed me out about it yeah and brian and i have been spilling cheese on so many people (laughs) and (laughs) no but we just really appreciate your reviews just throw us you don't even have to you you can just throw us a five star if you want to write one and say Mm -hmm. something nice we do read them and we'll Uh, be like happy Mm -hmm. so you know throw us a review yeah and come see us at DragCon in Mm -hmm. may so excited yeah you can use discount code betches and you'll Mm -hmm. get 10 percent off which is pretty sweet all right guys until the end of democracy i'm elise morales i'm brian russell smith and this is the betches sup podcast betches